Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Your Brain's Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your brain's coach and just someone with a lot of passion, with a lot of love and enthusiasm for helping you guys to learn all the emerging tools, all the brain tools you can use to feel, look, and do your absolute best. As we know, guys, it's everything is in the brain whether you're trying to grow your business or improve your relationships or work on your health and fitness, change different habits in different areas of your life or just the way you do things, your approach life, it's all in the brain. How you're able to set up the environment, take care of uh, the health of your brain, um, what kind of processes you use to make decisions, to improve your focus, to get into the best state, confidence instead of anxiety, right? It's all in the brain, in our emerging thoughts, patterns, emotional patterns, and then actions that shape our lives. And whatever, whenever we are working on something, it's all about change, right? We all talk about change. But did you know, guys, that the process of change, it actually triggers stress response in the brain. And stick around with this podcast because, guys, I'm going to give you a three-step walk around around this brain's feature of being sort of afraid uh, of the change or avoiding it at all costs. Now, why would the brain try to avoid change? Because potentially and very often change requires relocation of different resources, specifically energy resources. That is always an issue, right? Your brain's primary purpose is to manage energy equation every day to figure out, are you spending more energy than you're getting or you're just fine? And when you have habitual actions and routines, it's a sign for the brain, okay, we kind of know where we are on our energy input and output, right? Every time you introduce change, the brain alarm goes off. Why? Because now your brain has to figure out this equation again. Okay, how much energy are we going to spend? How much energy are we going to get in? Uh, what is the this energy equation again, right? Uh, are we getting enough? Um, are we short on energy? And it's like your brain is trying to calculate that. And whenever we introduce new change in our routines and our habits and the way we do things, it's almost always energy we got to spend more of up front. And of course, that's going to trigger stress response. That makes sense because the brain's primary purpose is to optimize for energy, to spend less and get more. That's how we thrive, right? If we continuously were to get less energy than we spend, we die. Energy is the currency of life. So that's what happens. Guys, understand that being reluctant to change your patterns is a totally normal thing. That's what your brain will do by default. Even the fact of being aware of that property of your brain, that procrastination on changing things, it's totally normal thing, that will already prepare you much better than most of the people for dealing with the state, mostly a little bit negatively uh, biased, that state when we approach change, right? So when you're trying to change, even, guys, even when the change is for the good, it will always feel uncomfortable. It's supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to be a little bit on edge, a little bit stressed. There is nothing wrong 
with it. And actually, the right thing. So don't be afraid or don't be surprised when you aren't feeling good about the change. And also, don't uh, get... Um, you know, some people are like, well, it doesn't feel right. It's probably wrong. So don't think that way because that is the wrong kind of thinking. Whether that's right or wrong long-term for you, unless you have really good update, objective data that for some things, you know, there is this data, you know, if you eat healthier, you know, a lot less junk food, you're going to get better. We have objective data about that. You know, there is no doubt that if you change your habits in that area, you're going to get better. But also for a lot of situations in life, it's not exactly certain what's the change going to produce. Uh, is it going to be uh, net positive or net negative, right? We just don't know. But the thing is, if you don't know, uh, if you don't try, you know for sure nothing going to change, right? So be aware of the fact this is kind of like prerequisite. That change is supposed to not feel comfortable. And as an entrepreneur, as a leader, um, when you're trying to introduce the change either in your life or in life in others, be be aware of the fact that change in most people will always be perceived as something negative. Work with that. Make other people aware of that. Either directly or indirectly usually works better because whenever we introduce something indirectly, we don't can trigger that alarm in our brain that always trying to figure out, you know, what's being said, uh, whether that's true or not true, right? If you walk, work around that indirectly in many different ways. I'm not going to go into that in that aspect in detail, but know that indirectly leading someone to change is always better than confronting them with that, right? Even confrontation is not a positive state. Anyhow, change will always produce negative uh, response to some degree or the other. Now, you know, there is this phrase, become comfortable with being uncomfortable. That what it says basically is become comfortable with the change. Change is inevitable. People get into trouble. A lot of us get into problems when we try to resist the change. Because again, because it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. So number one, be aware of that. That is kind of like prerequisite to the three-step workaround uh, to make sure that you take action more often and procrastinate much, much less. Okay, so now you understand that change will always feel uncomfortable. So get used to that fact, whether it's change again for good or for God knows what. And then after you are aware of the fact, there are three things, you know, three steps that you can do for yourself or as a leader of a family or business for others that will help people to change easier, to resist change less, and to have this uh, stress response, response triggered to a lesser degree. Okay, so what are the steps? Number one, Kaizen. This is, uh, I believe it's a Japanese concept, and it's translated as small, continuous changes and steps that add up to become big difference, that produce big results, right? So small changes, but done consistently, one step at a time. That's what Kaizen is all about. And why it's so great for approaching any change. It's great because when we introduce smaller change, 
the brain doesn't have to recalculate that many things and it triggers less of a stress response and people are more willing to try things. So I'll give you an example that might not seem to be related to a lot of things, but that's when I learned Kaizen principles that they work so powerfully really, really well to deactivate that stress response, right? So I signed up uh, at some point uh what is it, a year, year and a half ago when I was in London. So I signed up to, I wanted to jump out of the airplane, you know, with parachute, obviously, and in tandem with the instructor. And I started to freak out when I stand up three or four days before where I was nowhere near the airplane, right? The power of imagination. And at that point, I told myself, okay, Angela, from now on, to actually do that and other difficult, challenging things in your life, you're going to approach a challenging task, a challenging change, or your experience one step at a time, one small step at a time. That's the only thing you're going to think of. So now you're just doing your yoga. You are nowhere near of, of the plane, so just chill out. And it worked. And then on the day when we were supposed to jump, I sent up for other people just to make sure I'm not quitting, right? Um, and I think we all got in it for the same reason. You know, when you have a group of people, you're like, well, I'm not quitting. They're not quitting, right? So we're doing it together. Anyhow, so on that day, I woke up, did my routines, etc. And I'm like, okay, now we're just getting in the car to drive to the jump base. Okay, now we're just going through the safety debrief. Now we're just getting into the plane. I did that many times on all kinds of planes. Now we're just flying and observing the beautiful scenery. Now we're just moving a little bit closer to the entrance. Uh, Nothing scary. All the people are sitting around me, right? And now... You know, the the instructor that was on my back, you know, he pushed us out and we were flying. And then it was just a joy ride all the way down there, observing all the scenery, right? While the instructor was doing all the work and um, taking care of our safety. So we land well and softly. And I don't really remember that I had any, you know, stress or I was worried about the experience. I just took one step at a time. And this curious second, you know, is that when you're jumping out of the plane, but I wasn't even thinking about that. It was so quick, so fast. I didn't have the time to think about that, right? And so I didn't have any stress or uh, negative, uh, negatively tinted uh, experience leading to the jump, right? But that's because I made this switch to only care about next step. Um, the same concept is written about in habit-building books, um, Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg, a behavioral scientist, I think from Stanford, um, if I remember correctly. And then we have Atomic Habits and James Clear. One step at a time. One of the reasons, besides making it super easy to start, is that it doesn't trigger that much of any response at all, stress or anything. It's kind of like almost the same thing, right? And once you get used to doing that new thing, you add on top of that, you know, kind of small improvements, but continuous, never-ending improvement. And then you are used to that, 
and you're doing more. And it's like we're working out. You work out for five minutes a day and they're like, oh, I can do 10 or I can do 15. That's the idea that works much better for any kind of change. So if you want to change your organization, your family, your own life, business routines, whatever that is, one change at a time, one small change at a time, and you're not going to be freaking out, resisting change, and people around you also not going to be freaking out, and you'll get where you need to go. Just a little bit of patience. And believe it or not, actually, it might take less time because you're not going to be spending all the time trying to persuade other people and tell them about all the positive things that can happen to them. That still will not help. The future is the future. It is not now. You are requiring the change now. You cannot fool people into only thinking about the future, right? That is never guaranteed. So if you want to change faster, take it slower, one small improvement step at a time. And then, you know, time shows a lot of times you'll see this exponential growth because once people get used to this idea of small improvements, you in no time you will see that the change actually really leads to big difference that you haven't anticipated, um, even even you know, even people around you haven't anticipated. So one small change at a time, Kaizen. This is step number one. Uh, and already from this step, you're going to get a ton, a ton of value for changing yourself and changing people around you. Um, number two, familiar thing in the new wrapping. What does it mean? When, we, when, for example, entrepreneurs pitch to investors, they often would say things uh, along the lines, it's kind of like Uber, but for faraway vacations and travels. It's just an example out of the top of my head, the, the first one I thought about. And it will help you to also deactivate that stress response and make investors, for example, in that specific case, to consider your uh proposition with less resistance. And it will happen automatically. It's not like they're going to think about that. No, it just will happen in the brain. The brain will kind of like remember that example Uber. Huh, it worked really well. Huh, and it's kind of like that. So we are taking less of a change. We are taking less of a risk. Or from my personal practice as a nutrition coach, right? When I work on somebody's nutrition, uh, I always try to introduce as little change as possible. So when I'm trying someone to get to eat healthier and uh, they, let's say they love desserts and I have this beautiful recipe of chocolate mousse made of avocado. And so when I tell them, okay, try this dessert, this is chocolate mousse, just like you love. It's absolutely delicious. It's decadent. It's rich. It's so amazing. And these are the ingredients you have as a main ingredient, uh, really ripe avocado. You have cacao. You have uh, some vanilla. You have some stevia, right? Some uh, berries or coconut uh, shavings for decoration. But it's chocolate mousse, right? So that's the wrapping. And people love chocolate mousse. People who love desserts usually love chocolate mousse. And now they're less resistant to change because they can be eating chocolate mousse. Compare that to if I were to approach them, I'm like, yeah, we're going to eat desserts. First dessert is this avocado-based dessert. And here's how you make it. It has chocolate flavor. Now they're thinking, this is some weird avocado thing. This is not a dessert. And that activates, that is more different from what they're used to than chocolate mousse. 
and that's why it will activate more stress response. So this second workaround is all about, again, familiar wrapping, but different thing inside. It's kind of like making a sandwich and putting inside instead of regular, I don't know, tuna or some salami, putting some cooked pate of chicken livers and not even telling people. I did that, by the way, guys. And people would eat it just fine. When you tell them that it was chicken livers, they're like, oh my God, I just eat chicken livers. Or I also made chocolate with, um, what do they call them? Like some insects. They were dried and I made them into small pieces and created chocolate bars from that. And I gave it to people at one event and I never told them that it was that. And people loved it. They thought they had waffles in the chocolate. <laughs> the concept is, guys, it's very easy. You wrap your new thing into familiar wrapping and people will have much less stress response and resistance because for them, it will be kind of the same. So for the brain, it also will be kind of the same and it will it will not think about recalculating all the energy equations. Uh, you know, subconsciously, the brain doesn't tell you about those things. So the second workaround um, change and stress response, resistant response to change is familiar wrapping for the new thing. And it can be easy as just giving it familiar name, you know, like it's like Cooper, but that can be different or chocolate mousse, but you have the main ingredient, avocado. And some people never even made their own chocolate mousse, so they have no idea what you put in a chocolate mousse. So uh, familiar thing, yeah, uh, no, familiar wrapping, new thing. And then number three is physiological. When you want people to be open to change, you want to put them into relaxed state. A lot of people walk around being anxious and stressed in their day. So you want to be aware of that. And if there is a meeting that you're trying to hold with your family or your company or uh, with yourself and you need to introduce change, so put yourself into a calm and people around you and calm uh, rested state with low stress levels physiologically. So whatever change you introduce, it will trigger less strength, stress response and resistance. Because if you introduce change to a stressed person, that's going to push them over the top and they're going to be so much more resistant to what you're introducing. So, okay, how do we do that? How do we put ourselves and people around us into a state of relaxation? Breathing, breathing, breathing. I've talked, I talk about breathing, you know, so much because it works for everyone. It scales, it biology, it works every time. It's very consistent and it's very fast. It doesn't require any investment. It requires almost no time and it will help you to help other people and to help yourself to change and to manage life better and to achieve any kinds of results faster. So breathing, what kind of breathing? Exhale, focus breathing. So you exhale twice as long or longer as you inhale. How it sounds? It sounds four counts in and eight counts out. I usually like to make kind of like a hole in my mouth, right? Uh, It will allow you to manage the rate of the speed of your breathing out process better. So it sounds like that. (sighs) 
I recommend do three times, better six, even better when you have time for yourself, three, four minutes. With people, usually five times, five, six times, I do that to make sure that it's effective and everyone got into their relaxed zone and we can proceed introducing the change and the change will be met with less resistance. Biology helps, guys. Biology is primal. Biology is the first thing you always want to take care of. And just remember, just understand that whenever somebody or yourself are in a stress state, whatever change, however small you introduce, going to be met with much more resistance. And that's the last thing you need when you're introducing something new. And if you're a leader, if you're a forward-thinking person, and you always introducing new things uh, into the lives of people around you, you're kind of okay with that meaning yourself personally with the change, but people around you are not that, you know, that kind of people. That's totally normal. But be aware of the fact that change will be met with resistance, no matter what kind of change. So you, you want to put people into rested state, and then you want to wrap your new thing into familiar, into something something that people recognize. It's kind of new, but it's kind of also old, you know, makes people feel comfortable with that. And number three, Kaizen. One simple, one small step at a time, and then you build on top, and you build on top, and you build on top. And in in very short amount of time, you'll build the change that will seem like monumental one, not a small one. But if you want to create big change, one small step at a time is the way, is the only way to go, to be honest, especially, especially if you're working with a lot of people. Even if it's your family, still, you want to introduce one small change at a time. Guys, I hope you found this episode useful. I kind of compiled all of these tools from different sources. Uh, The latest book, one of the latest books that I've read, The Brain-Friendly workplace, how to make talented, why talented people quit and how to get them to stay by Friederike Fabrices. So that's where she reminded me of that tool. But again, it goes back to this long-lasting Japanese tradition, Kaizen. Tony Robbins has been talking about that for, I don't know, two decades, three decades. How long has he been around? I think, like, I remember him since I was a, a teenager. I, um, I've i been listening to his tapes and uh, all kinds of recordings and videos since then, right? So it's a very old concept, and it works. Now we just understand with neuroscience research how exactly it works and why it works. So if you're a leader... Uh, in your family, in your organization, in life, just one step, small step at a time. Wrap a new thing into familiar cover and then breathe. Put people into a relaxed state before introducing the change to be mad with less resistance. If you have any questions, guys, if you need book recommendations on habits, on Kaizen, uh, or uh, on work friendly or brain-friendly workplace, please do let me know. Um, Also, I released this video on my Instagram account that is now Angela Brain Body Coach. That's my new Instagram um, handle. So check it out. I have the video and all the steps written down there. Um, If you have any questions, reach out. Please do share this episode either by sharing the actual episode or teaching the information to other people. When you teach it to someone, you get to learn it twice. And guys, till next time, use the tools, 
make sure to change in a better way and you'll be blown away by how much transformation you can get in your life very very soon so till next time stay stay well and happy thanksgiving